Welcome to the Stull Community of Faith podcast. May you be blessed as you listen to our Sunday scripture and message by Pastor Kyle Scheidemann. So the scripture this morning comes from Mark 9, verses 2 through 9. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Can you hear me? Am I doing this right? Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say. They, they were so frightened. Then a cloud appeared and covered them, and a voice came from the, from the cloud. This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the man of God had risen from the dead. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Sharon, for sharing that with us. And I neglected to lift up in our prayer time, Vanessa. She's uh, had a little of the COVID. She's back well again, and uh, we just thank you and, and praise the Lord for keeping her well. And, and Irene, the music was just beautiful this morning. We thank you so much. As we have our message this morning, you know, it's, uh, it's always very, very interesting as we lift up our, our prayers. And we know that we as, as human beings, from the very beginning of time, the time that we have been on earth, there has been nothing more fascinating to us, probably, than to look up and gaze at the stars. And I feel for those that live in cities like New York and places that don't get to see the stars the way we do here in the Midwest. But in the days of Jesus and that time, they could look up into the stars and gaze. And those stars have done so many things for us. They navigated ships, airplanes, but they've also just been this focus of fascination and we we wonder what it would be like for us to reach up into those distant heavens and those who have actually been able to travel outside of the earth's orbit from all the way back from john glenn to to the modern uh, satellite or modern space station uh, astronauts they have traveled outside the earth's orbit and they've had the actual opportunity to stargaze, but in a really different fashion. So unlike what we see, when we view the heavenly constellations, the astronauts, they have unanimously experienced a stunning, somewhat eerie phenomenon as they viewed planet Earth from the vastness of space. And there's an author by the name of Frank White. He, he says... As he interviewed them, he said that what he gathered was their life, it was a life-changing experience. 
and he called it the overview effect. And the overview effect is kind of a, kind of a cognitive shift, a, a mind-blowing shift in our perspective. And most of these folks that have been outside, they've characterized the effect as a state of, of awe and an overwhelming emotion so powerful that it, it changes the observer's self-concept and, and their value system and their religious awareness for the rest of their lives. And the experience is completely transforms the viewers and the concepts of humankind for the realm of the infinite. And then the author went on to coin the term, the overview effect, and he did so after interviewing the astronauts throughout the years who described this overview effect experience as, as totally indescribable, beyond words. Astronaut Ron Garan said that when viewing the Earth from space, he said, you know, it really does look like this really beautiful oasis out in the middle of nothingness. It's the oasis against the, the backdrop of infinity with this enormous universe behind it. Here's another thought. Let's listen to this. Looking at the Earth on the space station, it was amazing. All we could say is, wow, you guys got to see this. Uh, and it would be aurora. Sometimes it would be a volcano that was smoldering. Uh, sometimes it was uh, cloud formations as they flow past islands and you see the vortices coming off of them. But that definitely had an impact on my morale and my psychological state. From a planet perspective and seeing the Earth uh, from, from up there, that planet overview effect and realizing how connected everything is, all the system of systems that the planet is, uh, was one of the things that really got dr driven home to me and how uh, events in one part of the planet will affect, uh, affect others. Well, likewise, there was a very famous captain, Captain Kirk, from the USS Enterprise. Captain Kirk probably flew billions of miles on the USS Enterprise. So the truckies out there, you, you know what I'm talking about. So even though Captain Kirk had flown and, and been in space so many years, the actor, William Shatner, was given the opportunity to actually go into space. And he told the world that the trip had reinforced his connection to Earth and his view of the power of our beautiful, mysterious, collective human entanglement. And those interviewed noted that the experience of stepping outside of their own world led to a feeling of, of gratitude, of oneness. There was an emotional surge of compassion that they had for everyone and everything. Those who experienced the overview expect underwent significant emotional and spiritual transformation. They didn't see the world of, in terms of dissension. They didn't see it in the world of cultural differences, of nations of origin, or differences of social identity. But instead, now the world took on a larger, a more comprehensive meaning as, 
as an interconnected organic system of life. It's actually a cherished gift. It's an uncharacteristic glimpse of beauty and brightness with an infinity of nothingness. Just imagining this, this image just fills us with awe. Those engaged in meditation and prayer, contemplating the transcendent nature of the divine, have reported very similar emotional and spiritual transformations, as though for a moment their minds actually touched the finger of God in a way that caused what we call a mountaintop experience, a kind of a static encounter that just left, left us assured that the vastness of the universe and all that were out there, that you and I, we are not alone, that God livingly created humankind and this one-of-a-kind world feels overwhelming and beautiful, doesn't it? We as human beings have appreciated this realization from the very beginning of time. Throughout all the scriptures, we read reports of those who experienced a little stroke of heaven, a, a godlike encounter. There was Moses, whose gleaming face coming down from the mountain to Jacob's stairway to heaven. And then we have Ezekiel's visions, Paul's encounter with Jesus and a light so bright. Of course, his name was Saul then, but it was so bright that it knocked him right off his horse. But in our minds, we have difficulty making sense of it. It's kind of like earth gleaming brightly within the vast blackness of space. And there's mountaintop, mountaintop moments, and there's times when reality pauses, and God walks through, he breaks through with, with energy and power, and there's an unexpected glory as to convince us, despite all sensibility, that God is real. And that we think we know that we can't even touch the vastness of God's mind. And if you think about it, we as humans, we live in kind of a constructed environment here on earth. Our very ability to make meaning, the ability of our brains to function, we can make sense upon our ability to conduct a reality that works for us. We live by our senses. We, we understand that our brains absorb, they categorize according to all this stimulus, um, stimuli, sensory stimuli, the, the, the feel, the touch, the breathe, the smell. And this is a human experience. This is part of being a human being. The beauty of God's human creation is our ability to be intimate and in a loving relationship with God. We can't see God, but we can only imagine He exists outside of our human understanding. So in our scripture today, we, we see Jesus' disciples. They're, they're confronted, they're overwhelmed by just that kind of an overview effect. They had a mountaintop moment that will redefine who Jesus is and his role for the world. They were flabbergasted. They were speechless. 
They didn't know what in the world to make of it. They're operating from out of their limited capacity and understanding, and so they react accordingly. And in the spirit of the, of the Jewish tradition, as, as, as Sharon read just a moment ago, she talked about the tents that they built because there was Jesus and there was Elijah there now and Moses. And so they wanted to, that's a very, that's of the Jewish tradition. It was called a sukkah, and, and it was a tent, like enclosure. It had three, three sides to it, an open front, and had an opening in the top so that they could look up into the, to the heavens. It was used regularly for a festival of harvest, and they would, they would build these, these suckas, and they would live in them for seven days. And the sukkah symbolizes the fragility and the transience of life that once dependence upon God for life and sustenance. And so the word sukkah actually means tabernacle, if we use it for today. And so the booth reminds us that God's tabernacles are among us, that the, the Holy Spirit surrounds us with, with power and presence, spiritual connection and, and mindfulness toward the God who cares for us and who grants us life within the, the transience of the, the world allows us a kind of a, of a meditative mountaintop experience. Jesus' disciples soon realized and they were also instructed by God's voice that they were having a God encounter and it was through Jesus himself. And they were shrouded in a cloud of this brilliant light we can't even possibly imagine. The disciples emerged from that experience not only changed, but they were ready for a very different kind of mission in the world, more than they could ever have possibly imagined. And that mountaintop experience would be only the first of many unusual and miraculous phenomenon that they would encounter as they traveled along with Jesus and with his disciples and his trainees. And yet, despite all of this, it would take them until after the resurrection to truly understand what it was that they had experienced at Jesus' transformation because encountering God is always mind-blowing. It's overwhelming. It's, it's an indescribable experience. It's an overview effect that entirely transforms us to which we just have no words to explain. Prayer is like that too, as is meditation, as is when you come forward to receive Holy Communion, when you come to worship, and other kinds of spiritual encounters with God that takes us far beyond our comprehension and beyond the boundaries of our capacity to make sense of the world. John Wesley he called these vehicles, they were called means of grace. And what he meant was that during these times of prayer and meditation and worship and Holy Communion through faith, we have the ability to connect with God on a, on a 
relational level in a spirit-driven, intuitive kind of way, and this offers us an overview effect experience. An encounter with God's grace has, that, has the ability to transform us from the inside out. You know, following Jesus is not simply an intellectual, um, relational, rational path. We can spend time learning about Jesus. We can spend time learning all about his life and his teaching. And man, we can sit back and say, well, that Jesus, well, that was quite the guy, wasn't he? Uh huh. And we appreciate his stories. And man, that, you know, that was a, what a sacrificial gift he gave us. It all sounds really good. Uh-huh. But until we allow Jesus into our heart in a transformative kind of way, we will not experience this kind of transformative shift in our perspective that will serve as a life-altering moment. So I can relate to this story from John Wesley. We know John Wesley. He was the founder of Methodism. But John Wesley understood this better than anyone. John had been a social advocate. That guy had learned the Bible. His mother, Susanna, made sure he read the Bible every day. He, he, was, a, he was a disciplined disciple. He was a sincere loyalist to God. He was an Oxford professor of theology. The guy knew his stuff. But until he had his Aldergate experience, the encounter at Aldergate, in which his heart was warmed, until he got that aha moment, until he received that mountaintop experience. Maybe it was a Rocky Mountain High, I don't know. Whatever it was, it strangely warmed his heart. And then his spirit was touched by God in a way it had never been. And in an emotional, spiritual way. And his faith remained as an intellectual endeavor. He had gone through all the motions, had all the books, knew all the scriptures. But until he had that moment, he was just walking the walk, talking the talk. And then after this spiritual awakening, then he finally realized he had a calling. He had something he needed to do. Oh, man, you know, I, I ride roller coasters, flying airplanes. Man, I love adrenaline rushes, don't you? Woohoo! You know, you can't, you, you love it. We cherish those lovely feel good hormones that we get from running a marathon or, or falling in love, right? Wonderful. Wonderful. But there is nothing compared to a true life changing God encounter with our divine Creator. And so today, here we are, we're almost Valentine's Day, you know, so we love in the air, right? 
And so today I want, I invite you to step outside of your comfort zone. And I would like you to open your heart and a mind in a brand new way. I would like you to pray with a truly, truly receptive heart and engage in whatever means of grace will connect you with God in an intimate, powerful, powerful way. And then, then I'd like you to ask God to move you and change you as only God will. There was a time I sat in the pews just as you are this morning. I'd been to Sunday school. And I think I've told some of you I had a drug problem when I grew up. My parents drugged me to church every week. Man. But I sat in the pews like you. I think I was, a, I was a, probably in middle school, junior high back then. And we had this fabulous preacher. Guy was amazing. He was really, really, really good. Reverend Evans. And I kept looking at him and thinking, I don't get it. This guy is a smart guy. He's, been, he's got a college education. He's been through seminary. What in the world, what is he talking about? Why is he so, what does he see about something he can't touch? And I kept just listening to him and going, my gosh, what is all this about? I mean, I probably know everything he does. I know the scriptures and everything. But I did not understand until later at a crusade of what happened to him. And the same happened to me. And so I pray the same will happen to you. And then I'm going to ask you to pray that God will move you and change you as only God can do. Prayer is more powerful than you think. And to pray that prayer will take a lot of courage on your part. But I guarantee if you allow him, God will transform your life, your perspective, and your world. Amen. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, I just pray you'll come in with the Holy Spirit and those that are gathered here today. May they feel your presence. You know we can lead a horse to, to water, can't make them drink. And so, Lord, I pray that your invitation will be one that they'll accept, and that they'll come in and they'll truly feel you. And so, Lord... We thank you for this day that you've given to us. We're about to close our, our service time together, but I just pray, Lord, that the Holy Spirit will be in each that have gathered here this morning and they will feel your presence in a very special way. The dazzling brightness of your light will shine upon them.